0: Gentlemen, I have been spending quite a bit of time thinking about the best way to reach the minority and underserved community of listeners that I'm targeting in a way that, you know, the, the information that I share with you is not just in one ear and out the other. I've also been thinking about the best way to, to make good use of the time that you spend listening to this because I'm all about efficiency. Not really into kind of just giving my opinion on things with no actual facts backing them and whatnot, because um, I think we have plenty of that. And there's this, my goal is really to make the best use of your time when you're actually listening to this. So what I'm thinking is because of the the purpose of this podcast, it almost falls into like a life coaching realm, if you will. And I think, you know, maybe I'll just call this The series, right? A life coaching series, Bad Embras Life Coaching Series. Season one is Get Your Mind Right. So series, life coaching, season, Get Your Mind Right. Today's episode is about career advancement. Step one, assess where you stand. So first things first, within the underserved community, I think one of the biggest challenges is knowing exactly what options exist, right? And so when I say assess where you stand, the first thing is really what are your options based on the life you live today? Do you have children? Do you not have children? That makes a big difference in the level of kind of risk you can take to transition into a different career, a different role, et cetera. Also, you know, what are your interests and how does your current job or current educational background Align with your actual interests. These are questions really worth thinking about. When I think about that question of what are your interests, I, I also kind of get this heartache. Because within the underserved community, the reality is our interests are limited to what we have been exposed to. And so if you've never sat at a dinner table with some high-profile uh, investment banker, if you've never been to an art show with very eclectic personalities, if you've never been overseas, if you've never even left your town or county, then your interests are limited to this, the bubble that you've lived in. So if you've never stepped out of your bubble, then what you know to exist as options and interests Is only going to reflect your surroundings right and so once you step out of your bubble think about it think about like a bubble with uh, layers or like an onion if you will like an onion has many layers so if you're at the core of the onion with your interests and and your job and your life that core is all that you know to exist but once you step into the next layer and you, you go a little further let's say you go into town right let's say you lived on a farm and You'd never gone into town. You went into town and you saw all these different stores or whatever. Before you went into town, you thought only farming was an option, right? Nobody ever, like you knew other things existed, but you never saw it with your own eyes. So it didn't really seem real to you, right? So once you go into town, let's say you go into the city you see there's a whole different way of living than what you knew. And so your, your, your perspective is expanded, right? And so, so then you're, you become very curious and you explore within the city what it is that people are doing and you meet all different types of personalities and you realize the options are, are far more than you, than you originally knew them to be, right? If you make this discovery before you have children... You're in a good position. You're in a a position that offers more flexibility and options, right? So that's another reason why, you know, in terms of teenage pregnancies and things like that, it's so important to continue to work within the education system to make sure that we are expanding the minds of the underserved and minority youth in a way that takes them out of their element and shows them that there are possibilities beyond what they knew today, right? So tomorrow can look a little differently because if you create that perspective for them before they have children, really the world is at their oyster. Once you have children, um, you, you have a different level of responsibility. And unfortunately, you will miss out on a lot of things that would contribute to, your, to a healthy emotional development, right? So I think even having kids early, uh, the good news is teenage pregnancy rates are down within the underserved community. The bad news is Overall, um, in the United States, teenage pregnancies, the the highest percentage of teenage pregnancies is still being attributed to um, underserved uh, minorities, Black and Hispanic, right? So Black and Hispanic, if if teenage pregnancy exists, Black and Hispanic communities, Hispanic first, are the larger contributors to to that percentage, right? This is not new information, right? We all know this. But to my point, like, if you don't have children... It's almost like I have to split my, my information here because it's, it's two different paths that you would have to take. So I'm going to start with assessing where you stand. Um, let's say you have children, so good chances are you have a job. You may or may not have a college education, but you may have some sort of certification that helped you get further along. Um, you may have a high school diploma. You may not. Whatever the case, it's important uh, when you're thinking about, you know, how to make more money or how to advance in your career. The most important thing is to assess where you stand within your role, right? So I think within the underserved community, we often don't take a step back and say, what does my role add to the bottom line of this business? Because that's really what determines, unfortunately, what your income will be whether or not you're replaceable and all those other important factors. So one example is, um, I'll give this example. I had a friend who was very proud of landing a job. Well, he didn't like the job, but after he finished his college degree, he um, he took a job uh, uh, within the accounts receivables department. So no, sorry, accounts payable, right? Of a certain business. And he um, became... Really great at his job. He w- he was very proud of how quickly he could um, get through, you know, the pile of bills that needed to be paid. Right, because he was accounts payable, and he felt that because he was so good at his job, he deserved a raise. And I think that's a that's a simple way of thinking about it. And I think that um, within our community, that's often how we think about things. Kind of just think, well, I'm really good at my job, and I and I'm I'm reliable, and so you should just give me more money, right? But the problem with that uh, logic is that just because you're reliable and good at your job doesn't mean necessarily that in your job, you're creating more income for that company. So if you have a job and you're getting paid for it, but your job does not create more income for that company, then it's hard to validate exactly why you should be paid more. You're not bringing anything in and actually in accounts payable you're you're now moving money out of the company faster, right? So it's one of those things that you have to really think about like okay, as an accounts payable representative, like what's the value that I add? Okay, I keep I keep the company's lights on by paying the bills, but I'm not really helping the company grow. So it's not that it's a bad job, it's a stable job, it's a needed job, but it's it's not the most, it's not the easiest role to validate additional income in, I would say, right? Let's say you were in sales, however, that's an obvious choice, right? In sales, there's often commission incentive and whatnot. There's all these bonuses. And, you know, it, if you go into corporate sales environments or younger company sales environments in the city in Manhattan, for example, like they'll, you'll see the sales team always gets a lot of perks. They get crazy retreats to Miami and whatnot for different uh, industries, not so much like medical or things like that. But sales gets treated well. And why is that? Because sales brings in money, right? Sales brings in income. Sales is the one that can that that will say the sales department is the one that controls like whether the company overall will even, you know, regardless of who the employee is, like what will the bonus percentage be, you know, in some cases. Even if you're in operations and what if you're not actually adding to business directly, then you're not a sales representative, let's say, then you or you're not renewing business that exists, like a customer relationship manager, then you're not really in control overall of of, of the amount of money that's available for bonuses and raises and sales and customer relationship managers aren't directly in control of it either they're not making that decision for you but they are the reason that either plenty of money exists or not a lot of money exists right and it's not always just sales that's simplifying it sometimes the product just sucks and you can't sell it right or there's a new competitor whatever it is but overall just to compare and contrast a, a person that's in a sales role if they're really doing stellar work and let's say they weren't happy with the base salary that they're receiving and they still want to receive their commission they'd be in a better position to ask for a raise and be considered for that raise than would a person in accounts payable right so that's just an example but you but anyone can take that example and apply it to the role and the and value that they bring to a company Qualitatively and quantitatively, meaning qualitatively, meaning like will you get the work done in general and like are you reliable and all this stuff, but quantitatively means like what does your role bring in in terms of business growth and revenue. You can apply that to any position that you work in. So, and when I say assess where you stand, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Next thing is if you want a raise and you have to take certain steps to, or let's say you want a promotion. And you have to take certain steps to uh, to get that promotion, and you want to get noticed. There's this outdated perspective within the underserved community that I've seen applied that is honestly just sad. I'll tell you a story of of this uh, incident that happened to me. I once I was already working in technology, uh, I think finance technology, maybe, and I was already making six figures by then. And I, you know, I worked in an environment where we didn't have to wear suits or anything like that, and we could go in jeans. So. I went to this Latino networking event after work, directly after work, because I said, let me meet some people. I mean, I've I've discovered this new world. Let me share this new world with, with different people, right? <laughs> and I'm there, and I'm like, more or less casual. And everyone else, for the most part, Latinos are, they're dressed up in suits, and very dressed up, like, you know, just displaying Latino excellence, and and looking their best, and And that's really great and dandy. But I actually had um, the hostess or the host of the of the event kind of come up to me and and make a comment like, oh, you know, if if you want to be taken seriously for a job, you need to um, you need to dress up and this and that. And, you know, I kind of just looked at her and like I said, I'm actually I'm I'm good on the job. Like, I'm good. I've I'm all set. I, I, you know, I was, I'm happy to meet people and whatnot. And, you know, I know a lot of, um, listeners will run with that and say, oh my God, like Giselle embarrassed herself. But I definitely know people who have shown up to, to, um, job or professional networking events looking a hot mess. And like, you know, the most you, I, I, I have done in those situations is embrace them and encourage them to continue to meet people regardless of what they look like. Uh, but, you know, my point is, I was already, I I was probably already making the income that that networking group was hoping to make, right, as individuals, you know, that six-figure number is like a big deal for a lot of people, so this happened like, I want to say like three or four years ago, and because, and I'm guessing that, you know, the the, the host of the event probably wasn't even making as much as I did, but like, that was probably her goal, um, you know, and so, she She assumed, based on what I was wearing, right, and so like I know you guys are saying, "Oh my God, but like everybody does that, but that's the thing, everybody doesn't because the people who hired me and paid me that six figure income dressed like me casually in jeans and shirts and whatnot, so what it means is there's a world and and you have to remember that as minorities we're we're behind on kind of making certain discoveries. There is a world outside of the world that you know within the Latin community, etc. if you've never stepped out of it, where the value is in your brain. <laughs> you know, depending on your role, like what kind of creative value can you bring as a thinker? And, and I say there is a world, I, I would say the world is more like that today ev- than ever, right? It's no longer about wearing a suit and getting someone's attention. It's about being able to speak with confidence about a given topic that you're passionate about or interested in or want to get a job in or want to get a promotion in to sound educated, informed, and like your knowledge can bring value to that role, right? It's not about wearing a suit, okay? So the thing is, even if that host had a certain opinion, right, and it it wasn't a fact, it was her opinion based on her experience that I needed to look a certain way to get a certain job, my experience was a complete completely different from that and 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 proved her entirely wrong like my very professional existence at that point in time was entirely the opposite of of the point that she was trying to make right and again the people who hired me were not in suits the people who had the money to pay me six figures were not in suits (laughs) like so um dressing well is not enough. And and honestly, thought that you would show up in a suit to a company that's young and really values what you bring as an individual and as an intellect to a role, you show up as a, in a suit, uh, you're basically, it's an insult to millennial intellect. It's the most I can say, educated millennial intellect, right? a suit is not enough. So first things first, to the underserved and minority community, if you think that dressing well is going to convince me that you have the uh, intellectual capacity to handle a certain um, kind of role and whatnot, it's not. So if I was to, to um, consider you for a job, if I was the boss, I wouldn't be the slightest bit interested in what you were wearing. I'd be looking at your resume and I'd be interviewing you and ask, and asking more specific questions about the experience that you noted on your resume okay and i would be reflecting on you know how does her experience actually align with the role and is it the right role for her to be promoted into or to just be given from outset coming in from outside of the company based on her previous experience once you get passed into a certain salary, that salary becomes more, more important uh, to the business's bottom line, right? So anyone who's getting paid six figures is probably not doing mundane kind of like data entry um, work, case review, etc. Anyone who's getting paid six figures probably... Six figures for that company is probably doing more of the think work and the strategic work and, and, and working on things that actually impact the way the business can grow, right? So, so you have to think about that and don't imagine that if you are an office assistant that someday you'll make enough of a raise to get like $80,000. No, you know, if, if it's a small office and you, and it's just you at the front desk, that $80,000 is not going to come just because you've been there for 10 years there's no value, there's not enough value in that role to to validate that salary for that role. You can be replaced easily as an administrative assistant, whatever you are. That's the reality of it. And so that's another thing, even in thinking about how replaceable are you, right? That's, an, that's another reason why you would get a lower income versus a higher income. If you can be, if your role can be filled by, you know, the next graduate or whatever it is, the next person who got the same certification, and it can be filled within a week, then you're probably only making like $30,000. If your role is something more, you know, that involves, again, the bottom that that really impacts the bottom line of a company or an organization, then you're probably making within the six figures and it's going to take a little longer to it's going to take a little longer to fill your role and or the the company just doesn't want to have to deal with filling your role because that could turn into a loss because they have to get that person up to speed so they'll just accommodate you further and you can continue to get promotions and raises etc right so which kind of brings me into in terms of actually getting noticed for a job you know if you don't have the experience and let's say you do have kids so you don't have time for a whole degree program or you don't have the money to invest in that. And we're minorities so it's you know we have the reality is it's, there's still a there's still the battle of white privilege within the corporate world or any in any organization you know that there's a certain advantage. For Caucasian folks we know that this is not a secret so that kind of brings me into um, this idea of when you're assessing, you know, what your how your skill contributes to a business's or an organization's bottom line. You also have to take, unfortunately, your race into consideration. That's the world we live in today. And for me, I had that Hispanic name, right? So having that Hispanic name on my resume was sometimes the the, the first problem because, believe it or not, and this was when I was just trying to figure out where I wanted to go with my career. I actually worked at a temp agency where they told Told me to racially discriminate right if the person's name sounded too ethnic put it at the bottom of the list which was absolutely terrible and yeah I mean I should have like I was I was probably maybe 23 years old maybe 24 or something like that so I really didn't understand how illegal that was and I certainly wasn't confident uh, enough confident enough to um you know take a stand although I, I did end up walking out and like basically more or less like just telling my manager to shove it. Uh, I really didn't, um, understand how horrible that was and the reality was that as a minority and an underserved person we often grow up almost like behaving we, we or we were treated like we were lucky to be in a certain position if, if it was you know within a, a company that had majority of white people and so it's almost like we became yes man yes men yes sir and our parents raised us to be that way you know just keep the job just keep the job because our parents come from a time where you know um, racism was only just being uh uh, eradicated or not even eradicated but but segregation in america was only just being eradicated so they had this mentality of like we are the subordinates we as minorities are the submissives in the company at the job and we have to be uh, we have to play that role and, and never question the authority and blah 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 so i was still in that mindset when that happened to me I'll just call this topic navigating a racist rat race, right? So how do you get around that, right? Um, I think for me, you know, it started out before I had the experience, I really, uh, the specific experience or like advanced experience within any any industry, I would apply for jobs, but I would look at, you know, the exact job description and i would customize my resume for that job. Yeah, it's exhausting and it took a lot of time and again like if you have kids like this is hard to do. I would if i if i was applying for 20 jobs in a week, i may have had 20 versions of my resume, right? Because that's that i i knew i had to put the work in to get them to ignore my name my goal was to make my resume look so relevant that it was hard to ignore my name and this was a time before linkedin and everything because like i mean for in my case i'm light-skinned right so i guess like that's a plus and i'll always ask myself you know at the earlier stages of my career did i did i get in because of the color of my skin right i mean at this stage i'm in a very technical field and you can't fake the funk like the race doesn't really matter it's either you have the skill or you don't you can't fake that but earlier in my career I say like did did I get that resume that did I get that job because of the color of my skin but that was looking back on things I definitely didn't I you know as a kid you're kind of naive to all of those things so but I knew that my name you know was a barrier so I would work to to just create to add all the buzzwords and rework my resume to make it sound as close to the job description as possible and then as I wanted to advance in my career I was I was always trying to be and I still am you know I aim to be two steps ahead in technology it's not so much about like having you know a PhD or a master's degree and whatnot I mean I do have an advanced degree which helped me I have a a, an MBA so that's a focus on business which makes me an appealing technical resource when I have both um, business acumen and I have an understanding of business operations uh, from that perspective of a business manager and I also am capable of getting into the more granular and technical and liaising, communicating with technical folks and and actually developing as well a certain system that will add value to the business's bottom line, hence why I make the income that I make, right? So but to get to that point, I really had to kind of stay uh, one step ahead at least and and find the 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 skills that were in highest demand that I could anticipate would be in high demand for a minimum of three to five years. Right. And so that's kind of how I found my way into um, a certain CRM cloud space. And even now I'm still strategic. And so like I have certain technical certifications now I'm spreading it out to be, uh, you know, more like project manager certifications, et cetera but it's not just about racking up certifications it's about being strategic for what is in demand in in a labor in the workforce at a given time right so i was very strategic about that and you know it does it fortunately and i th- and i think this is the best part especially for people who have children and you know who didn't have that that kind of clean pathway privilege kids do into a career is that fortunately we're in a time where the college degree is becoming less relevant for certain fields and you can actually find your way in and transition out of, a, of out of one field if you first you have to establish your interest and identify your transferable skill sets. so let's say you know you were a case manager in the medical space for a long time you're really bored with that. You've already you've always been interested in technology. Well, you can use you can highlight your soft skills and because you were working directly with people and making sure, you know, a certain case was handled properly and you were liaising with patients and uh, providers and whatnot, you can highlight that soft skill. Of, of engaging with people on your resume and, and work your way maybe into some customer success manager role within an app, a company like, a, what's a popular app? Hmm, I don't know, some, say a fitness app or something like that that's really popular, Beachbody, I don't know they need like a customer success manager for everyone who downloads the app and uses it. It's not like, it's not like resolving their Beachbody subscription issues, but it's more specific. Like I'm having some sort of issue with this and like, you know, what are my options, whatever it is. You can, you can transition over into something like that because the skill, the soft skill of engaging with people is still applicable there. So then you get a job at Beachbody. It's, it's, it's basic, you know, maybe there's a salary cut, maybe it's a remote job. Um, you can build from there, you know, you, you, the, your technical jargon, you can build from there. And in a year, you can apply to something else you can gather, you can gain a some sort of technical certification once you have a better idea of exactly where you want to land. And you can move on to something else. There's no way to just like jump over, you know, into six figures of, of one role versus another, you may have to take a pay cut may not. Well, like I said, we're in a time where the, the bachelor's degree and whatnot, it's not necessarily 100% holding you back depending on what um, where you, where you're interested in going. Right. But I think my take, my point there would be like, look at your soft skills versus your technical skills. So forget about what industry you're in today and look at the, the skills that you have in, um, communicating with people, which is, isn't required in any business or organization and getting stuff done. Right. And you highlight that, that you are a capable employee period. That's the, your starting point. Right. Um, and ongoing self-education and being strategic. Don't just try and rack up um, certifications because in certain fields, like especially in mine, technical, it's one thing to have the certification. It's another thing to actually deliver, right? So like, it's like I could have all these certifications in the world. If I never had a successful project, then I'm, then I'm worth zero. So actually for me, racking up um, projects and, and interesting projects and projects that cover new and in-demand technology are essential for me. So I'm I'm fortunate enough that I work remotely and I'm able to pick my projects currently. I may be going into a full-time role now because it makes sense to for the level of experience that I have, but before that for 3 years I've been self-employed and kind of picking and choosing the projects that would make me the most appealing candidate for the higher level role of, you know, longer term projects with bigger budgets, etc. Budgets being less relevant because in technology it's more about what what you're actually working on in the project. How new and cool is it, right? So that's what I mean when, when I say like assess where you stand and, um, be thoughtful be strategic don't be discouraged if you don't have a college degree because times are different now and there's a lot of certifications don't be discouraged if you have a college degree but let's say you don't have a master's because times are different now and i do encourage um, everyone to go online and see what 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 value for your specific industry and areas of interest you know a, a an advanced master's degree holds versus some certification in the field and sometimes the master's level thing can actually be a deterrent, right, because they'll they, an employer who's looking for a candidate may assume um, that you're going to be super expensive if they have uh, another candidate on the table that has like two certificates that are kind of similar and cover at least at an entry level basis the um, the master's information, well, that, that other candidate, maybe they don't have that strong experience, but they can, maybe, you know, the, the company can help them get up to speed on exactly what it is that they need, fill the gap of information, but they can pay that other candidate like 20% less. Maybe you want to be that other candidate because 20% less might still be 40 to 50% more than you're making today, right? So these are all things to think about, Um, I know I can kind of get complex and whatnot, but like, I hope that this information to start has been useful for you. And um, yeah, going forward, I think I will, uh, you know, cover different topics like growing your personal wealth. I'll I'll tell you about my first home purchase and where that's landed me in equity and income, you know, one year later, which is awesome. I'm really excited about it. Um, we can talk about uh, adulting being 35 and single and why I choose to be that way it has a lot to do with emotional development and um, being the best parent that I can be for my child um, not just in providing and guiding them but but guiding them from an emotionally stable place right judgment from others I think you know when you come out of the underserved community as as the underdog as as a winner one of the hardest parts about the transition is is seeing you know the people that you grew up with not not coming with you right and um and seeing friendships turn into envies and things like that and so you know navigating that judgment from others and and how not to hold yourself to this feeling of guilt for having made it or how not to to always feel like you know, you are the imposter in a certain organization and valuing yourself based on the skills that you develop to be there fair and square, right? So we'll we'll talk about all of those things. Um, Again, you know, I hope that this was valuable. I hope this made efficient use of your time. And if you have any um, suggestions on uh, topics you'd like to hear about, I'm really, I can talk about anything like from investing um, to career advancement to personal growth, coping skills, so much, really, that, you know, I've learned along the way when I stepped out of that core of the onion and made my way out uh, to many different layers all the way across the world. I hope to, uh, to I don't know, to offer value to your life. Have a great day. Oh, and for all you haters out there who are listening to this to just, like, criticize me... Um, I just want you to know, if you listen to the whole thing, I definitely just made you smarter and I'm taking full credit for that. You're welcome.